When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Play us a ghostly intro. A spooky. A spooky. The spookiest intro you can muster. This is a spooky song about <laughs> a railroad ghost. Oh. Scariest type. This doesn't kind of sound like a railroad. <laughs> uh, hello, everyone. <laughs> that was spooky at all. I, I hope you got spooked out by that railroad I know, song. that wasn't spooky at all. I didn't want to play that song. <laughs> I wanted to play that song, so I just uh, pretended that <laughs> he just lied. it was spooky. I just forced a round peg in a square Listen, hole. <laughs> maybe, maybe you guys shouldn't stereotype what a spooky song should sound like. Yeah, maybe, maybe that. Maybe that's, yeah, that's true. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Corridor Cast. we got five of us here today. Wow. wow. Uh, Hot dang. I'm it's Ren. loaded. I'm Matt. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Nico's eating ramen. <laughs> Nico, how is that? I can't talk right now because he's right. got a mouthful of food. <laughs> I've got the ramen jacket on right now. So. <laughs> you do. Dude, yeah. wow. wow. It's actually the same color as my cup. It is like was the that same intentional? No. I hope not, at least. Gosh, that's what it. And, and yeah, like, it's, yeah, yeah. it's the that's ramen what it is. I'm like, why does that jacket have such a you have a brown and an orange stripe? Yeah, same as my yep. cup. I feel like I can taste your jacket. Yeah, it's at burnt. some point someone's like, mm, marketing colors, brown and orange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's just like the 70s. Yeah, yeah, it's retro. retro. Yeah. yeah, it's retro. Lots of browns. So I guess the reason why Jake was playing a spooky song at the very beginning of this podcast was because Nick and I just got back from a video trip where we went to a ghost town yeah. on top of a mountain. This guy named Brent Underwood bought a ghost town a couple years ago, 400 acres. It's an old mining town, a silver mine. Yes. And we have been wanting to do a collab with this guy all year. Every every like month or so, Nick and I would be like, yo, how about that uh, that ghost town? You want to hit him how up? How about we go to this idea? ghost town? <laughs> ghost town? Ghost town? Yeah. And we finally kind of came up with the right idea. And so we hit him up. He was down. And it worked out. We went out there with Jan, yeah. so it was the three of us, Jan and uh, another guy named Chris, and it was a good time. So we're going to tell you some stories from our from our trip. Ooh, spooky ghost stories? Yeah, well... Do you have any of those? There, I mean, there are a couple ghost stories from the town. Really? Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Although, I was expecting to get some haunting action, mm. and honestly, there was nothing but good vibes up there. Really? Like, it was, for real, though, it was, it was on yeah. Halloween, wasn't it? It was like the day it before was Halloween. Halloween Eve Eve, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> the of the year. yeah. 
Wow. The third spookiest night of the year. The um, and Wait. <laughs> the ghosts were the not. The third spooky. What's the second spookiest? Well, and what's the first ha- Halloween spookiest? Eve is the second spookiest. And then Halloween oh, Eve, so Eve were, is the third spookiest. You were Halloween Eve. Yeah. Eve. Yeah. Yeah. So it was yeah. like mild spooky vibes out there for sure. Right. But, um, you know. I'd say that's pretty spooky out of 365 days. Yeah. No, it's like about 1% away from the spookiest. Than average. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And. So, you know, top 1% spook. Can you paint the picture of what this town looks like from my mind's eye? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, I mean, it starts, you're driving up. It's up near Death Valley. So, we're driving yeah. up from LA. It's like a four or five hour drive. Sorry, like what, 10,000 feet above Death Valley or something? Yeah, because Death Valley is like below sea level. Yeah, oh, it's it way is. below. The town is at 8,500 feet, which is, I don't know, That's almost two high. kilometers uh, up yeah, straight up in high. the air. And, and you see it off in the distance, technically, because you're looking at a mountain range. Yeah. I only happen to finally pick out where the town was from a distance because i was like i don't know i knew where it'd be and you get up to it so there's a little town down at the bottom of the road called keeler and then you go up this dirt road all the way up it's about seven miles to the seven miles sideways and like basically one mile straight up yeah it starts at like 3500 feet and ends at 8500 feet and it's a winding road dirt road not very well maintained and at first like okay this isn't too bad oh we probably could have driven up uh, in a in a nicer car than Jan's truck, <laughs> and then it quickly got to a point where I was like, "Oh no, this is a little on the sketch side. This is." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's this one stretch where you had to get some speed to get up this one incline, and to the left is a like a hundred, <gasps> two hundred foot, like not quite cliff, but one of those very steep slopes that if you go off, you just don't stop. Oh. And that's uh, mm-hmm. so you have to get speed to go up this last little incline that immediately corkscrews around <laughs> like switchback. And so if you go too fast, you go off the other side. <laughs> oh, yeah. It wasn't that bad. I think I might be making it seem a little mm-hmm. bit worse than it was. Can but... you just imagine going up in a horse drawn carriage, though? Yeah, right. In the 1800s when this thing was made. Yeah. It's insane. And he recently, um, so Brent, the guy who owns the place, he uh, recently got a like a five ton military truck. And he's very worried about the air brakes on it. Apparently, air brakes are kind of finicky. Ooh. So he's always concerned when he's going yeah. downhill that his brakes are going to give out. Oh. And so he carries with him like a motorcycle helmet in the event that it, something like that happens. What, you he put just, on the helmet I before you the brakes were supposed to fail on, not off. I thought the air was holding the brakes open. And if the air fails, they clamp shut. I mean, maybe that's how it's supposed to work, but things break. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it was a concern of his, and he knows way more about it than I do. So he, he's yeah. like, yeah, in the event of uh, the brakes dying or whatever, he thought at first that he's supposed <clears throat> to, like, steer it into the, the rock wall. Oh, yeah. Um, and just to kind of grind it to a halt. But the problem is that, like, that'll flip the truck. Mm. That's what he was saying is, like, yeah. some, some, like, truck experts are like, oh, yeah, don't do that. Oh, uh, basically, all you can do is just grab the helmet, get it on as quick as you can, and jump off. Jump wow. off. Well, that's why they. It's one of those have exposed those, trucks. Uh, There's no roof. Okay. Runa- they have those. They have those runaway truck lanes on mm, a yeah. lot of highways. You know where it'll go down and up into basically just like a gravel yeah. catch. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. That's a nightmare. That would be a <laughs> nightmare experience. Especially on that mountain, because it is just like straight down. Don't watch it's the just movie Speed Don't watch the movie Speed. So that's that's the road, right? And we're driving. Jan's driving us up in his truck, and uh, Jan throws on like some Western soundtracks, like a playlist of Western yeah. songs. So it actually like it it was putting us in the mood pretty good. Like I was like, dang man, Westerns are cool. <laughs> if it oh, there are so many passes along that road that straight up looked like they're out of Fury Road, like Mad Seriously. Max. Like there'd be like some highwaymen lurking amongst the cliffs, yeah. some Tuscan raiders up there <laughs> mm-hmm. ready to just mm-hmm. hijack us. But uh, no, yeah, we made it up and uh, 
you know, the first day was all about kind of just exploring. We did some awesome one wheeling. A lot of one wheeling. There's, yeah. I mean, it's basically a city meant for one wheels because it's all dirt roads. Yeah. So, you know, it was almost heaven. too much. You know, like some of those roads we went on oh, were yeah. a little too steep for the one wheel. Oh, yeah. And, and like all the terrain, the gravel is like a bunch of like fist sized like shale rock. Well, you're so, saying something interesting. Like most of the rock there is like all uh, like just disposed waste from the mines. So it's all loose. Like nothing's yeah, like right. dirt, the dirt, the, the dirt, but even like all the little pebbles and stuff. Like I've never seen a one wheel bite into the, into a road so much. Like when you yeah. ride at Griffith or whatever, it's like, you know, you'll get a little bit of slippage, but like, it's pretty packed, but this is like, if you try to start on any incline, your wheel will just dig in like this yeah, much. Yeah, it was super bizarre. It was almost like sand, hard packed sand. Yeah. It was closer to sand than dirt. It was all like it was, it was all like dirt and gravel, but yeah. instead of soil-based dirt, which has like moisture content and kind of like packs it together, this is all just like pulverized rock. Because yeah. it's all just the rock that they dug out of the ground and just like dumped outside the hole, and that just accumulated over the course of I don't know however long this mine was in service. I guess it started in mid fifteen hundreds or so. Really hit his heyday <laughs> mid to late 1800s. 1500s? It did not start in the 1500s. Did I say 1500s? No, no, no. Oh, it, it, yeah. it, it, I mean the 1850s. I meant 1850s. It was active from, I believe, like the 1870s until yeah. the 1930s. Oh. And okay. it passed so through. It was a pretty big mine then. It was, it was, it was a huge it was, mine. It was the largest mine in California yeah. for a long time. Hmm. And a major mm -hmm. source uh, of silver for the San Francisco Mint. Yeah. Um, you know, when they'd mint all the coins out there. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, man, there's a ton of interesting stories we learned. It was, it was at first, so they, they mine Galena ore, which is like a, a composite of, it's mostly lead, but there is silver in it. So you get like 98% lead from it. It Back tastes then, like rock though. Oh yeah. Ren tasted it. He can speak to that a little yeah. bit more. Why do you it, taste it's like these things? <laughs> Pre-coin juice, you know, before it's minted into coins, and Ren <laughs> drinks it, this is like the raw Gatorade powder, you know, um, but so lead was pretty lucrative back then because they were using lead for everything, you know, like they're just going ham on yeah. lead. Yeah. So right. like they could actually like make a good profit from this mine because it was like, okay, we can yeah. sell them lead and the silver. It's great. And what was cool about yeah. the silver, silver is that like all the silver they're selling, they, they were the number one source of silver for all of Los Angeles. So like banks, hotels, they were getting all these like little silver mm -hmm. furnishings on their building all coming from this mine. Yeah, man. And then when it, uh, later on, when uh, Hollywood started becoming more of a thing and making film stock, all of the silver yep. from that mine was going to all the film stock. All the screens. Oh, uh, <laughs> silver, silver screens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, silver screen. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so it was kind of funny. It's like here in this western town, they mine all the silver to make the film stock so that they can come back and film their westerns. Because mm. <laughs> right there in the uh, in the valley of, of Lone Pine, the, the town of Lone Pine, like literally right next to that town was one of the hottest western uh, filming locations. There's yeah. this hilly area mm. that's right under these beautiful uh, southern Sierra mountains with these cool jagged peaks and like. Those are in like almost every period Western. Yeah, um, it's called a. They got a real vertically integrated enterprise. Very, <laughs> very. So yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, the silver made its rounds for sure. Um, but then you know, eventually, is like you know, everyone started getting wise to the the, the lead poisoning. That I think became mm -hmm. a little bit less lucrative, and uh, apparently zinc was mined there. Yeah. A lot of zinc was the next thing wow. that was, like the mine. It went through all these different phases, and you know, at yeah. its height. I think, I mean, it was a full on town with like hundreds of people living there. You know, yeah, they like had 400 buildings. Yeah. Like 400 Whoa. buildings. And, and today when you go up there, there's, there's like a grouping of like 
five buildings, yeah. And and most of the surviving buildings, there's one that's the general store. That's the original general store mm. where, mm. Uh, you know, everyone would buy their goods. And there was also a butcher in the back room. And now that's the museum, which is, mm. it's really more of just like, throw your artifacts here, you know, like <laughs> chuck them right, in there. Right. There's no aspirational museum. Exactly. And it will be someday. I'm sure it'll, it'll have a properly organized collection, but now it's just like heaven. You're just like, Whoa, it's, look at all this cool stuff. Right. Like, it's so weird to like, just like randomly look at a thing on a table and be like, you pick it up and you're like, this is 150 years old. Yeah. Man. Whoa. Yeah. Like what kind of stuff was, was in there? Oh dude, dude they, they pull out man. everything. Yeah. Like, like everything from like Pepsi cans to oh. like pickaxes and dynamite boxes. What? Uh, yeah. Levi's are the, the valuable one. Like hundred year old Levi's are worth like, Oh yeah. Like a hundred grand. I think that's yeah. why I think that's like, you can, you can see the sparkle in Brent's eye when he talks about the Levi's, you know, because, because <laughs> literally, yeah, they are, if you think about it, Levi's were created for the mining industry in California. Yeah. You know, in the mid eight or mid If you 1800s. find a pre red tab pair of Levi's oh. that's in good condition, wearable condition, Hundreds you're talking. Of thousands. Yeah. Yeah. Thou like, yeah. And lot. you have They're a place like to sell them because Levi's will purchase them directly yeah. from you. So a lot of these minor, like mine explorers, Explorers, that's what they're looking for. You know, tools, yeah. rusted metal, old wood. The Levi's. There's a lot yeah. of that and stuff. Because if you think Levi's. about it, these mines, they weren't some heritage site or, or museum no. place. It was just like, it was just the job. And some guy just like dropped his canteen one day, like, oh, whatever. He, yeah. he didn't realize that was the last day he was going to be down in that mine. And now, mm -hmm. 100 years later, that canteen is still there. It's all rusted up now. Yep. Uh, but like, everything you find there is just like random stuff just left behind. Yeah. And that's partly what I liked it. It was like, you have that character of like, this was an actual legitimately used. We found that pickaxe that had, it had been used so much. Oh, His yeah. handprint had started getting <clears throat> embedded into the wood. Wow. Yeah, oh, whoa. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of really cool, like personal items like that. And just like things that make you really, that's why I love history too. And like, you know, holding artifacts, going to museums, you're like, damn, they're just normal people. Yeah. Although they had the, crappiest job in the world and, and the mine system mm -hmm. there apparently there's like 30 miles worth of tunnels Jeez, right under, under that the under that mountain yeah. there and there's nine levels each separated by 100 feet so the bottom level is 900 mm. feet mm -hmm. underground mm. and you take an uh this it's called the hoist yep. and it's basically mm -hmm. a, an elevator just dangling from a rope uh mm. steam powered and a cable it's, but it's a cable it's a it's like a you know 100 year old cable that's been uh -huh. coiled you know yeah, just sitting it's, in it, there it, there's a little bit of a scariness to it and, yeah whatnot and it takes like an hour to get to the bottom so you're just standing on this like platform with no rails or anything Wait, around you and so you're just you, seeing like the the shaft go up around you yeah for an hour you can sit down yeah i mean mm. there's like i mean you could probably put a little chair there and have enough room to sit but if there's, there's two room of you, for there's like not enough room three guys standing up so like you could sit down yeah yeah did you do it no. No, no. Okay. It's a, it, he, it requires he, like let a few us people. do that. It's too much of a liability. Yeah, so, yeah no yeah. kidding. Yeah. And I don't know if I'd do it. Yeah, I don't know if I'd really want to do it. Yeah. I mean, I would want to, but not Maybe on, on the, when the we trip go back. that we were there for. Yeah. So, speaking of which, why were we there, Nick? Mm. Well, guys, Christmas has come early to the Corridor cast, courtesy of today's sponsor, Manscaped. Now, if you can't see what's in front of me, well, they've got a whole selection of products just in time for the holiday season, including a brand new body wash and two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, as well as the performance package 
4.0. Now, a bunch of great products in here, and I gotta tell you all about them because if you use the code CORRIDORCAST at checkout, you can get 20% off any of these products plus free shipping. 20% off plus free shipping. So first and foremost, they're going beyond the groin this holiday with a ultra premium body wash, courtesy of Manscaped. This is a brand new product from them. They also, hey, they said, why not just do body wash? Let's do a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. So not only are you going to clean your scalp, you're also going to moisturize it because if you don't know, that's what conditioner is for. Took me years to learn that, but that's not all. They also have the Weed Whacker, which is always available for your nose, your ears, and wherever else you need a Weed Whacker. And they've got this amazing package, the Performance Package 4.0. This comes with their signature lawnmower trimmer with the lockable travel switch, the super intense LED light so you can see in those hard to reach places, and with that patented skin safe technology, which is going to make sure that you don't suffer from any slices while you're doing your business. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, which is the anti-chafing deodorant, moisturizer, and toner, which is gonna keep you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. In addition, this hygiene bundle comes with a pair of Manscaped anti-chaving boxers. None of these boxers will keep you feeling comfortable all day, and they're really the perfect thing to go with this perfect package for your perfect package, really. So if you guys are interested in getting your hands on any of these goods, head on over to manscaped.com and use the code CORRIDORCAST at checkout for 20% off plus free shipping. 20% off free shipping. Get it for whoever you need. It's a great gift for a company that specializes in these products just for you. A huge thanks to them for sponsoring the podcast. They make a great trimmer and a bunch of other great stuff too. So anyways, thanks to them. And now back to the episode. I mean, I think first, Ren and I love his channel. So yeah, we've, yeah. we've been watching the channel for a while. It's called Ghost Town Living. Yeah. And, and his whole thing is like, he wants to preserve the town. He wants to like, you know, rebuild it, make it into a tourist attraction. Um, and so we thought that a good way to help him in those efforts would be to like photo scan the mm -hmm. town yeah, and kind scan. of capture it in 3d as it is because last year, I think it was last year now, gosh, yeah, it was um, year. the, the, the crown jewel of the town that was still there called the American hotel, um, burnt down. Mm, yeah. yeah, randomly. No one knows like, why. Literally the crown jewel of the whole time. Like, it, it was in the perfect spot yeah. for like, the best photos oh. uh, and all that stuff. And this and was an original from the 1800s. This was the building. You know, This was the hotel where everyone would gamble. You know, Who knows how many murders mm. happened there, how many yeah. ghosts oh, were there. Yeah, they, uh, Brent said that they were having a... Uh, there was a murder a week. Yeah. There was a murder per week in its heyday. Damn. Not a death, a murder. Yeah. There so, are more deaths. It, it's just primed for, for spirits up there. Yeah, all the know? ghosts burned. And yeah, not to mention, burned, so too. I think we should get into some of the, the scary stories he told. But He told ooh, one yeah. story that was actually he, like legit. He told a couple that I found very interesting that speak to a couple of different things about these ghost hunting shows. <laughs> but the reason we went up there, though, was the, the 3D scan this place. And, you know, God forbid another one of these old wooden buildings burnt down. He would have a 3D construction and record of what this looked like so if you wanted yeah. to rebuild or you know show people that's there forever now so yeah that's what we did we spent a whole day doing that yeah and so yeah we uh, we did the video with polycam so we're doing all like the 3d scanning and whatnot using uh polycam which is just like a 3d scanning app on my phone just that I, 
just a 3D it's, scanner. Yeah, you know, it's just a, it's just like a super, super futuristic advanced app on your phone that creates magic. <laughs> it's uh, so cool. It's it, so I've, cool. I've become re-obsessed with it. Every now and then, like, I become obsessed with it, but the photo mode on it is, it gets, like, the craziest uh, hmm. high-quality captures. So I've been, I've been obsessed with the app lately. But, yeah, so it's, we're actually doing this video in partnership with Polycam. And so the CEO of Polycam came out with us. And so it's kind of nuts. It's just like us three, you, me, and yeah. Jan, and the CEO of Polycam just driving out in this pickup truck. And he was <laughs> very, uh, well, n really nice guy, first of all, and also really helpful to have the CEO of the app that we're using to scan <laughs> yeah. to be there. And he was just like in scanning heaven. Yeah, he loved it. This guy loves scanning. He, he yeah. loves I scanning. I really hope so. Uh, which you would hope, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't want someone who's like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't fuck with that. <laughs> like, I don't scan. He but, also uh, just happens to have like a PhD in like theoretical particle physics. Yeah, he dropped Whoa, that casually matter. on us one night when we were sitting around the the table. He's just like, oh yeah. No, He's like, that. yeah. So cool. I got my PhD and then decided that I didn't <laughs> want to go become a professor, so I got into three D scanning. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So he's a very intelligent dude and, yeah. and also really uh really cool. nice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. It, what what was really nice about that is that he was able to basically unlock a lot of the back end stuff mm. from from Polycam. To allow us to do like high level scan, like basically when you have a, a 3D scan, you're limited to 250 photos within the app. But because he had the magic CEO key to the app, <laughs> he, he could have unlimited. So we're taking thousands of photos. Yeah. Wow. Uh, to of like each individual building of the entire valley inside the buildings uh, inside of the, the mines. artifacts in. And that's that was probably the best part, honestly. Yeah. It was at the end of the day, once like the sun went down, we maximized our light. It's like, all right, now it's time to go inside the mine. Into the tunnels. So cool. Yes. And and yeah, we used uh the app to scan the entire length of this one mine. It was off to the side. It wasn't like one of the ones super far underground. It was easy to get to, but it was like way was longer than I expected it to be. I yeah. thought it was just gonna be like this little thing. I was like, oh, I was kind of hoping to do a little bit more mine exploring, but this was like plenty. Oh no, you're you're <laughs> under the mountain and it kind of hits you too you're like oh i'm really i'm really under a lot of rock right now yeah wow. especially anytime you hit your head on the roof which happened a lot a we're lot. like uh you know maybe we don't need helmets we brought our one-wheeling helmets and brent was like no you want to you want a helmet and we're like okay fine like, i don't want to look dumb or whatever <laughs> we hit our heads so many times oh, yeah. <laughs> and it, like yeah, oh my god dude like so i had my one wheel helmet on and I hit my head, I don't even know how many dozens of times, just accidentally, <laughs> a few times pretty hard. I hit them on the wall, like there'll be little rocks like sticking out and you hit it. The worst part though was when I would hit like the roof or something and it would it all, all just rain debris down my oh. back and down my shirt. Yeah, because it wasn't solid rock. It was very loosely packed like shale almost. Oh, and yeah. you know, there's different ores yeah. that are maybe that more solid. Scary. There's different veins of like, you know, you get the iron vein or whatever. And like, it's really cool to see actually like the yeah. different layers in pockets but it's loose like <laughs> so when your helmet bumps it and it starts like crumbling from it the ceiling like is this it yeah those are the moments where you're like oh boy oh i mean boy, they had uh i don't know how long ago it was but the the big cave in that they had uh it was on the 200 level so it was around the same level that we were on actually if we kept going it would have we had to go down this hole but it would have met up with the 200 level but it would have been closed off because they had a cave in and over 30 miners died. So so 30 souls were trapped. This is one of the ghost stories. Yeah. Were trapped in this mine. Uh -huh. And a lot of it is behind that, that wall, basically, of rock, right? Uh -huh. 30 souls. And 
This is just like no one's gotten in there because it's basically impossible to go in. So there are probably 30 dudes just like with Levi's jeans. Except, <laughs> except oh, so so the thing is They're well preserved. the thing is creepy part. A ghost show came and one of those ghost hunters shows, right? Mm -hmm. They came and they did this whole investigation. Brent was telling us about this. Yes. Mm -hmm. Brent Brent gave us the, the inside scoop and they were doing the recordings, right? And they record, you know how they do, and then they play it backwards or whatever, and they like analyze it, and they hear, and they heard a voice, and it literally sounded just like a guy going, "I'm going to work, I'm going to work, <laughs> going to work, going to work," and like they're like, "Damn, dude!" And they made a huge deal of it. It was super scary with the music and yeah, stuff in the show, and then Brent, he's like. He just kind of laughs to well, himself. Well, he, he was amused. He's like, "Wow, they, they they did their research." Yeah, yeah, they really did their research. Except for they didn't, because all the miners were Chinese miners. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no way they would have been saying that. So yeah. those shows are bullshit. And just like a gruff Amer American accent. Yeah, just going, no, yeah, they're like I'm going so, to work. <laughs> oh my but god! But that also, so they're also. I learned was a huge population like there was in the 1800s of Chinese miners that were horribly treated. They were exploited. They were giving the worst jobs. And, you know, often they were the ones that are put in the mines that are most likely to collapse. So there's actually another town on the other side of the mountain because they were also segregated mm -hmm. from the white miners. Um, so they had to build their own town on the other side of the mountain. Did they build the town in Fort Minor? In Fort Minor? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was bad. Joke. Well, it was more like a fort because they actually constructed all their buildings out of stone. So there's actually a bunch of stone foundations over there that have barely been explored or, you know, um, shown on the channel. That's the it's the Chinese uh, like settlement, which is mm. really cool. And he's found all these cool like old Chinese coins and like, you know, Chinese papers and stuff over there. So it's pretty it's wow. pretty interesting and really messed up. And it's interesting hear, hearing you guys talk about. uh like mining culture, because that's, I, I don't know if you guys know this, my, a lot of people on my grandparents' side, including a few of my grandparents, and they were all iron ore miners, and they wow. came over in like the, basically during and after World War One, to mine iron ore. Wow, up really? There in northern Minnesota. Yeah. Wow. And so a lot of the stuff that you guys are, it's it's just bringing back like, a lot of information that I've 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 learned over the years about like the, the like the substance of the the mines and like the the sh the shafts the hoists how yeah. they lower you down and yeah. how they'd separate them by like a hundred feet and dude Jake you'd get a kick out of all the like huge machinery in these hoists man yeah. there it's just yeah. like this huge steampunk contraptions there was a huge steam furnace that's like as big as this room and they just keep they just Chuck shit in there, burn it all day long. Oh wow! There used to be a forest room. up there, but they turned it all into steam. Yeah, there used to be a forest on the mountain, not anymore. <laughs> um, There's a mine in northern Minnesota called the Sudan Underground Mine. That's let's see, it's known as Minnesota's oldest, deepest, and richest iron mine. I went in it one time. It has this. They have it renovated, mm. and they have one of those giant elevators. Wow. And it's just, and they take you down like for five minutes and they're like, yeah, and if you want to, you can go down for another two hours. It's crazy. Or whatever, you know? Yeah. It's, or whatever it it's is. It's freezing it's down there nuts. too. It's, yeah. yeah. Oh God. It's cold? Oh yeah. It's, hmm. it's, it's really cold, which makes it even more spooky, honestly. Wow. And well, except I got the opposite of cold. I got very, very hot. 
Yeah, well, you were, so Rhea yeah, was freaking crawling around like a gremlin with his 3D scanning device. Like, <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, not, it's so, not comfortable to walk because you you can't stand up it's straight. It's like the, the roof is like right at forehead level. <laughs> yeah. so, Are you like 6'1? Yeah. 6'2? Yeah, that's yeah, tall, by and the way. So, no yeah, I mean, somewhere that. between 6'1 and 6'2, and with a helmet on, you know, a little bit taller, but like. There are some sections where you can stand up straight, but most of the tunnel is like right at that height where you can't quite stand up straight. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so you, you like you try to find like the most comfortable position. It's like bending down a little bit or like leaning over. And we uh, built this like rig that basically was a bunch of cheese plate stuff for camera for the black magic camera and we attached a whole bunch of our lights to it like the little handheld lights you see on top of the camera and in the vlogs like six or seven of them and then with a little uh, phone mount in the middle so that everywhere i was scanning it was being perfectly illuminated by the lights so it's this big rig and i'm just trying to get all of big the, the <laughs> big you know just swinging it around in, like, in a corkscrew but slowly you know forward and backwards mm-hmm. and whatnot and so it was a lot of just me leaning over with all the strain going into my lower back. Like I tried doing it like crouched more my thighs rather than my back, but like I couldn't move that way. And so after it took an hour to scan this tunnel, it was so long. It was just like just doing this just inch by inch. Do you have to hope the app didn't like lose tracking or something? So that was the thing. Uh, The app did crash on me uh, (laughs) twice halfway through the scan, but they anticipated something like that happening. Apparently it's, it's, it's kind of on Apple's side. There's like this weird glitch that sometimes happens. Mm. So the longer you go scanning, the better chance you have of that dice rolling a one. Uh, But they built in a safety (laughs) thing. Basically, if it does crash, what you scanned is backed up like instantly. And so mm. you're able to reopen it and then and then process it. But I had to do the whole the scan of the whole mine in like four separate scans. Mm. And each one was huge. Did uh, the guy that owned it, uh, Brett, Brent, Brent. Yeah. Did he did he have any birds for the actual mines? No. OK, <laughs> yeah. so we talked to him about that, too, like the canary in a coal mine. But this isn't yeah. a coal mine, so there's no need for any birds because there's not any gases being emitted down there. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so mm, that was one of the first questions Jan actually asked. Yeah. Well, they. So my grandfather used to catch um, like song. They weren't canaries, but they were basically they're little songbirds. I forget what kind they were. He used to catch them with this little like, basically with like a fishing lot, uh, like a fishing pole with a with like a little noose on it. Hmm. What? And he'd catch them, and then he'd sell them to the miners, Whoa. and mm. then the miners would put them in there. Wow. Um, I don't know if they still did that for silver or whatever, but I yeah, think what a way to go. I'm as glad a bird. Jan asked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. free. I'm flying in the Aww. sky. Oh, now I'm in a tunnel, 500 <laughs> feet under the ground. <laughs> I know that's not where bird wants to be. No. Although there were bats, we saw some spooky bats. Oh, dude, yeah, there was yeah. a bat in there. I looked up and there was a bat right next to my face. And then a tiny little thing. We went ahead of Ren. Ren was still scanning, and we were all heading back to the entrance. And like, I feel this like. This hit my ear, and this little bat flitters by. I'm like, man, that was a Halloween Eve Eve miracle. I thought, <laughs> <laughs> that was a spooky occurrence right like, there. I thought the bat was dead because it was just like we were right up next to it, like within inches of it. Brent even had his camera and almost touched it. He got that close, and I was like, is it dead? He's like, no. It's like he's just he's yeah. being a bat. He's just being a bat. I mean, you won't see those under in the Union Mine, which is you know you have to go vertically down, but yeah. still. This was one that you could access from the side of the mountain. Tell me about the hole. Oh, oh god the, the holes holes there's this one hole in this mine that we went to uh you go back and you go into it and there's obviously holes going down and up and every which direction but there's this one hole that was the spookiest hole i've ever so seen spooky. it was such a spooky hole and 
And uh, it was perfectly perfectly circular, maybe about four, five-ish feet across in diameter, like mm -hmm. meter, meter and a half. Uh, perfectly circular and then straight down, like a, like someone just bored out a hole straight down to the point that you huh. couldn't see anymore. It was just like darkness. Oh yeah. Wow. And there was a bit of a walkway around it. Like you could just kind of like skirt around it to keep walking down the rest of the tunnel. And I was scanning. I got to there and I was like, I'm not going past this. Nope. Also standing down into it was like this that gravelly, loose, dusty stuff. Oh. And it was like rolling down into the hole just this and my feeling. foot was on top of it i'm like i'm not going across that yeah and then we finally like get You're out done. of the mine You're and chris done. is showing me the scan and he's clearly showing me the scan that encapsulates the hole the little nook behind the hole and the tunnel past the hole mm -hmm. and i'm like you went you went past that and he's like yeah, man, that hole was scary. <laughs> <laughs> so you walked around that loose. He walked around that it. Loose little, all for the scan, dude. All for the scan. All for the yeah. scan. That is a hell of a that's, that's how much this guy likes scanning. He's a scan man, for yeah. sure. Mr. He's scan a scan man. man. I'm a scan man. man. I'm scared. It'd be really cool to get like a light up ball and like get a I rope know, and like right? and drop it down just to watch it fall. Yeah. Dude. We actually dude. did a lot of uh like brainstorming about how we'd how we would be able to scan the the union mine shaft yeah. like that goes 900 feet down we have a lot of ideas like i think we need to try to follow up on this with Brad if, if we do a part two that's what we'd have to he do. does a ton of videos and they're awesome videos where he explores this union mine and like he's constantly he, he said he's explored probably 20 percent of the whole thing and that's after like, over like two years. 19 months yeah. of doing a lot of exploration yeah so now it's so a bit much. of a production to actually get the uh the hoist operating because he has to have a guy there full-time operating the hoist yeah. oh well and he has to be radio. basically ready mm -hmm. to like take it back up if something happens or and the radio only transmits on certain levels like it's kind of weird it's like yeah. he said like from the 300 to something like there's no radio service but once you get down to 700 feet yeah. on the seven mm -hmm. level there is service and so you like you get radio service from the other side dude, of the earth it's <laughs> it's so sketch there's like I was watching this video last night, actually. It's, it was put out a couple months ago. It's He finally went down to the 900 level, which mm. is the lowest level the hoist goes. Yeah. There is a 1,100 level where oh. you have to take a tunnel and then descend manually down the tunnel. There, there's an old ladder there, but the hoist only goes to 900. He finally went down there, and the, the hoist had not gone down there for 100 years. Wow. So, like, they had to, like, there was one point where the, the hoist gets stuck because there's wooden guide beams and they've bent and bowed from years yeah. of pressure. So they had to like, they got stuck and they had to file the beam away so that the hoist could keep going down. Yeah, they actually bring with them like a sawzall yeah. type thing. It's like like a little saw that goes back and forth. Mm -hmm. And they, they, they have yeah. to belt in and go hang underneath the hoist. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Like straight out of like freaking Mission Impossible. You get out of the elevator, you climb underneath it, and then they have this saw. They're literally dangling from it, and they're sawing into the wood beam that is holding the, yeah. the hoist, like not in place, but at least guided. Mm -hmm. And if the, there is also a safety mechanism. If the, the cable was to snap or something, uh, there's these clamps that are supposed to clamp onto yeah. those wood guide uh, Yeah, columns. they kind of like yeah. dig in. Yeah. Sure. And, but these Brent was also like, steel exactly. clamps. <laughs> Brent yeah. was also like, yeah, but if that happens, they'd probably just shred it and you just plummet the rest of the mm -hmm. way. So hopefully yeah, the, you'd, the you'd cable be just doesn't goner. snap. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this 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 sedan mine that I was telling you guys about in Minnesota is... A sedan? Too, uh, it, it, That's where they the get the cars from. It's called, it's called the sedan mine. It's 2,341 feet. It oh. goes 2,341 feet. 713 meters. Jeez, That's man. so absurd. I can't believe. Yeah, 
I didn't like you're reaching depths where like the air pressure is noticeably thicker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> well. even I was feeling like lightheaded from walking around in that mountain, like oh, up really? that high, because we were up Dude, high elevation. That was the other thing is that like the air was the air know. is so thin that you you you're just doing a normal thing like walking around. And you're like, why am I out of breath? Mm-hmm. Why am I cramping up? This yeah. is weird. Yeah. Oh yeah, because the air is really thin up here. Yeah, the air is thin. The sun hits you hard, and eighty five hundred feet you're is just very dust. high. Yeah. Yeah, man. So and we went up to the peak uh, on our one wheels, uh, which wasn't the easiest thing to do. Uh, and that was another 1,500 feet. So I th- we think we're yeah. at around 10,000 feet up at the very top. Wow. But um, the ride down was The ride down was amazing. That's like, um, <laughs> so when, when they do, uh, when, when, tra- when track athletes do like altitude training, they'll go up to somewhere usually between yeah. like 5,000 and like 7,000 feet. But then there's some legendary guys who used to, tr- who used to go up to like 10,000 feet for like Jeez. a few months at a time to train and then come back down. <laughs> I did I did it when I was in college and I went we went up to Albuquerque, which is up near the mountain base of Albuquerque, it's like 6,000 feet. Yeah. And when we came back down, I remember the first year that I did it, when we came back down, it it felt like you had gained a superpower when you got back down <laughs> well, to sea level. It was like the ability to breathe easier was so intensified. I can't well, even explain it. It was like a drug. It's because like your body actually like learns how to just absorb more oxygen. I believe you actually end up with more red blood cells in your blood. Yeah, that's really? what it is. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. There's I don't know a also very that. dangerous way to do that called blood doping, where you take your blood out of your body, put it in a freezer, and then put your own blood back in your body later. Oh. And that's a great way to get a blood clot and die. Yeah. And people have died from it. Wow. It's also undetectable, yeah. isn't it? As far as like. Yes. Well, because it's your own blood. Yeah. Dude, really blood lit doping. Off your own blood? <laughs> yeah. Dude. So metal. That is yeah. pretty, <laughs> that pretty is metal. Freaking post fight. I need extra blood. At the, so at, the, at, the training house, <laughs> at the training house we used to stay at in Albuquerque, there was this Russian racer who used to stay there. And like one day, my buddy Chalmers opened the freezer and he's like, What is And she had her blood back there. Uh, and wow. then uh, like a year later, she got caught. Uh, blood, blood Holy doping. Moly. Dude, yeah. there was this box there in the warehouse that said "Human blood, handle with care." Yeah. <laughs> and I got the most yeah. perfect photo of of Jan and Nick opening the thing and just like this look of amazement on their eyes as they like look into the box. I mean, <laughs> I'd never seen a human blood box, and this was labeled officially. And we opened it up, and it's actually an insulated box where you would have ground ice. This was probably from the 30s when, because like a lot of the stuff that's there and the current. Layout of mine is all from the 30s. Yeah, of course, there's no blood in there, but it's for for if someone had an injury, you'd have blood on on deck, I guess. So, but the box is still blood on deck. Blood on deck. (laughs) I got good blood here. And there's all these like old like instructions for how to, you know, you've got to keep the blood within this temperature and stuff. So it's, yeah, it's a blood donor box. But yeah, so we brought Jan with us because, you know, Jan's all about them ghosts and ghost stories. Jan must have loved all this. Oh, I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, it was was so great. And, and Brent, or we didn't, we have never met Brent before. And Jan knew even less about Brent than we did. and so Jan was a little skeptical of what kind of guy goes out and just lives in a ghost town full <laughs> yeah, time. Like, yeah. you got to be a certain kind of person, like, messed up sociopath mm. kind of to do that. And then he meets Brent and we hang out for, like, literally less than a day. And at the end of that day, uh, Jan was like, 
he's incredibly cool. <laughs> he's like, I was wrong about everything. Jared was like, trust me, man. It's going to be, we're going to get there. And tonight, like once everyone's gone, we're sitting around the campfire. He's going to start talking about the flat earth and all this stuff. And <laughs> I was like, like, he's <laughs> going to be like a QAnon guy. And he was like, couldn't have been farther from the truth. Yeah. Brent was like such a cool, normal guy. Like wow. he was very charismatic and just like fun to hang out with. Uh, yeah, but Jan Jan's was just the last going thing. up there every weekend after this. <laughs> yeah, well, Jan really <laughs> wanted to go spelunking into some of those mines. He brought like his climbing gear. We were like, Jan, no, we got to do scanning. I uh, think Jan might move. But there. so Jan, one thing, <laughs> even after establishing this, that Jan was still skeptical on was, can he tell a good ghost story? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to do it justice, so I'm not going to retell this ghost story. Uh, apparently, Brent hasn't even told anyone else this story, like publicly on his YouTube channel, mm-hmm. uh, but. <sighs> It was a legitimately kind of creepy. It had to do with oh, like there's oh, the this person house? he saw in a in in the bunkhouse, yeah. and he thought they had let like they had left the lights on. And, and Brent's also establishing like I'm a very logical person. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in any of this stuff. And then he goes on to basically describe this ghost story that made all of our hair just kind of like stand up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like he goes into the house uh, after being like I thought I turned the lights off and the lights are on, and he, he goes like deeper and deeper down the hallway when there's these rooms from this mm-hmm. old bunkhouse and. He was just describing how, like, he was having this overwhelming feeling of, I should not be here. Yeah. I need to get out. And it got so overwhelming that by the time he got to the last room, he couldn't look into it and had to just turn around and run out <laughs> yeah. full speed. And he says he never goes back in there at night. Oh, man. <laughs> and, like, so then he ended up, like, doing this whole, uh, yeah. He's like, say this more. Is he specifically told us he couldn't put it in the video. Yeah. The Can we take the a quick yeah. tangent on that? On that, real quick, have you guys ever had anybody that you know personally or yourselves have any ghost-like or I ghost know. encounters? Yes, I've, I have friends that have slash cousins that have said they've encountered ghosts. But yeah, I personally have never encountered a ghost. I never personally have. I've, I have a friend who has a ghost story. From I just feel like camera, most ghost but... stories are just people misinterpreting. Yeah. I agree. The closest Probably. thing I've, I've experienced is the f- freaking footsteps that were above my ceiling Dude. that one time. <laughs> that freaked me out, and I still don't have an explanation, but I'm not going to say it's a ghost. I don't know what it was. And we tried to get to the bottom of that one, we too. Tried we made to a whole video about it. it. It was weird. It was very weird, but also I'm sure there's an explanation. I hope. Ghost. <laughs> it's, a, it's probably a ghost. That's probably, probably the explanation. It's probably a ghost, man. It's probably a ghost. Uh, have you, Jake? Well, my bro- my brother stayed in a house in college that was definitely haunted by a, a little girl ghost. See, it's always and, a little girl though. Like that's what makes me skeptical. It's always like, and, and, yeah, dude. Well, like, it was but get this, it was a child. A I mean, it was like, a, it was a it would it would play games with them. Mm. It would like draw on the mirror. It would uh, it would yeah. throw the CDs off of the uh, off the top of the uh, refrigerator in this huge kitchen. Um, and then a couple of them saw it a few times. And um, it would do stuff like that. And then uh, one of my old girlfriends, uh, her cousin's house that they grew up in was like everybody in their family had seen this very particular ghost Mm. that would appear at this very particular time at this very particular Mm. place in the house. And uh, and even, yeah. So I don't want to sound like a crazy person, but there's definitely something (laughs) going on. I like that we're doing the spooky ghost story podcast after halloween i mean yeah hey, maybe someone will watch <laughs> it this. it's currently november 3rd <laughs> someone will watch this in october 2022 yeah there Shout you go yeah save yeah. this one for later yeah put this on your watch later <laughs> oh another cool thing i'm pretty sure jan is the very first person ever to ride a one wheel through an actual silver mine oh yeah 
or mine of any yeah. sort. I, I got it on video. We got to put that in, in the crew. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 One wheel in a mine. Oh, yeah. I think I was, I was the first one to do a revert on a one wheel in a mine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I was the first wow. person to film a guy one wheeling in a mine. So, Guinness <laughs> 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 Book of World Records. So there, yeah. man. Yeah. So many world records in this old town where no, technology man, it, didn't it was, exist. Yeah. No, there are a lot of records, I think. We were the first person, we were the first people, I think, to one wheel down from there. Yeah, we were. We one wheeled. Yeah. We one wheeled all almost five thousand feet down the mountain, and it took us over an hour. Um, it yeah, was a major journey. We thought it was going to be easy, but like those roads are that was a crazy journey. I, oh my! Oh, yeah. Did I show you Nick's fall off his one wheel? Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it was great. It, it was. I, I just <laughs> no. happened to have my phone. Reco- I, I, yeah. I was doing like one of those like selfie videos where I you can see the riders in the background, and I've been rolling for about four seconds when you hit a rock <laughs> and your board folded sideways, but then recovered. And you're starting to veer off to the side. You're going to get your balance back, but you immediately hit a second bigger rock. On the other <laughs> side of the wheel. That, yeah, on the other side of the wheel, yeah. that caused your board to fold the other direction. And it is, it's the most amazing video <laughs> I've ever taken because you clearly are going this way and your foot catches the, the fender, the magnetic fender. Yeah. So it looks like your one wheel just explodes. Oh, yeah, the and you go flying off, off yeah. to the side. And, you, and then you executed like the most perfect roll. And we're totally fine. And I was just like, yeah, I, I got good training from Brett the Sun on how to fall <laughs> and roll. So yeah. you can have to show me that one. I, f- yeah, I feel like it. we should we should go stay up there. I, I mean, Dude. honestly, it was one of those things where it was like, we have to film something here. We have to come back yeah. and film a, f- a film yeah, or a short film sweet. or whatever. Like, who knows? Uh, he's super down to have us back. Uh, it'd be really cool. There are a lot more people up there than I expected. Really? Um, there was like a whole family, like yeah. two different families of volunteers that were staying the night there. A oh. lot of randos show up during the day. It, okay. it it's really? like it's like how our studio used to be, but like way more because like mm-hmm. his channel has found really good success. I think he's at one point five million subscribers now. Three. But yeah. oh, one point three. One point three. Um, but like a lot oh, of people so go people there. Just show up. It's it's a public road, so you can't get it off. Um, right. And well, he doesn't try does to. Go- does it go through his town? The road goes through the town. It goes yeah. up to the uh, yeah. the like. There's some the edge of Death Valley. Yeah, yeah. There's some towers up oh, there, okay. so they have to be accessible. So he can't shut it off. But he yeah. does. He owns the everything around exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. So he could put a oh. gate to the the minor roads that go into the actual town grid. But yeah, and he kind of does yeah. have that. He's yeah, got a like a bit. chained uh, thing that he can take yeah. down. I mean, if you're walking, you just walk around. But right it, now, but. I mean, it's just kind of like anyone can show up and like you know, there were a couple guys, for instance, that came and they're like, "Hey, Brent," like, and they're like these like these old. Uh, one of them was like a gold miner. One was an excavator guy, like who like you uh. know was a heavy machinery pilot, and they're yeah. like, "Hey, Brent, like we love your stuff," and you know, everyone wants FaceTime with them and like you know to get shown around. Right. So I'm sure that's very taxing on him as well just like he has to play host as well as like you know make mm-hmm. videos and right. work his day job yeah he actually i didn't realize so, this. he actually has like a job yeah, that he runs he an still e-commerce website <laughs> really it's like yeah yeah wait so he runs um, a, a what an e-commerce website e-commerce. Like, slash marketing oh, okay. and books and stuff All like that you mean, he's got, you mean he's got yeah. his own ebay page almost almost yeah. <laughs> uh, so so i'm sure you can just go on his youtube channel if you want the details but like how does he actually live there, like survive there in a town that doesn't yeah. have like running water or well, electricity? Well, first off, it does have electricity. It does? Yes. I was, I, I, I was surprised I didn't realize that for the longest time because when we, we were talking about this earlier this year, I was like, oh, we're going to have to bring up a bunch of solar panels yeah. that we can charge some batteries so that we can charge our one wheels we and maybe some for... cameras. But uh, 
Yeah, they have like most of the buildings there have power, or really? like the main buildings. Like the there's a couple buildings there that have power. Uh, where we stayed had power, and he just got internet installed the week before we showed oh. up. It was this whole crazy thing. They have to like basically beam it from Lone Pine to Healer up <laughs> yeah. to this point on the mountain, up to another point on the mountain, and then to the town. Well, it's all like line of sight laser internet. It's another one of those things though where it's like a fan reached out to him and was like, "Hey, like I do networking, like I can mm-hmm. get you internet," and he's like, "All right." And so that's what happened, and like that and happens he all the time. Negotiated with the internet company nice. to get it all. Yeah, that's awesome. The, the, these two, like these two guys who came up, and they're you know they were like, yeah, we want to we want to camp on the other side of the mountain. And there was this exchange that went on where it was like uh, Scotty, who's Brent's like uh, like he he's he one employee. Up, he's like yeah, he's kind assistant. of like the park ranger of the whole place. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He, he does a lot of like he talks with a lot of volunteers and stuff. They have like a whole he comes up to Brent and he's like, he so are these guys able to camp on the mountain? And Brent's just like, well, like, they're just here to camp. That's it. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, what can they do? You know? And Scott's like, well, one of them has heavy machinery experience. And he's like, well, can they clear that site up there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, everyone, and that's what they ended up doing. That whole day, these guys were up in the excavator clearing so the site of this old cabin that used to be there. Because we were there trying to start our day when yeah. those two guys showed up. And it's just like these old dudes with big white beards yeah. kind of just show up and, like, <laughs> oh, this so is like, cool. And, and, like, there was another guy on the Friday we were there who was, like, kind of, uh, he was rebuilding a cabin from the old lumber that. Because basically there used to be like, what, 400 structures on this place. And it was it was probably something out of like a Fallout or like a Far Cry game where like you're in like this little shanty town up there. Because this whole valley had buildings like on multiple levels going around the whole thing. It must have been a site when it was all lit up at night with Mm -hmm. oil lamps and stuff. But now it's just you can see kind of where the foundations are. And there's piles of old lumber and rubble. But most of it's been buried. So Brent is, you know, ever on the quest to excavate and like rebuild a lot of these cabin sites using the original timber that was there using mm-hmm. the original like you know rocks and stuff from the site so it's really cool man it was just, it was it just was, very funny like these two random cool. guys show yeah. up and they're like oh we want to camp on the other side and it's like uh, he's like uh we'll like excavate stuff for you he's like okay have fun <clears throat> yeah it's like <laughs> you if, mean like if you show up there and you like, want to work and do something then you're welcome you know yeah like it was like this this kid who drove down in a white sedan from Oregon one oh day to Hunter Street. Oh no! And showed up and was like, "Hey, I know how to shoot videos and do stuff. My name's Ren." <laughs> uh, He's like, "I was thinking, I just make a video." And the rest well, is history, man. <laughs> you, I mean, you're describing the time I like I moved down here. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, well, we ages. need a guy who has fire hands experience. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I yeah. know. I know how to do that. I would not say that those two things are the same at all. <laughs> it's kind of similar, But I appreciate though. the throwback <laughs> reference. Yeah, uh, so, I'm just going old school. Yeah, man, Jake, I mean, if we wanted to go up there and help build the hotel or whatever, he's totally down, you know? That would be so, so cool it, to dude. see it. Yeah, yeah. it would be as, so as long awesome as you, As it. long as you can open carry like a true Western town on his property, then we're good to go. I, I don't. I didn't hear anything about that, but I don't think anyone. I mean, if it's shit. if it's his property, he should be able to. There's yeah. like there's like eagles and shit that attack, so you might want to have a gun. Eagle attack. <laughs> yeah, they do have a lot of science yeah. saying that if you're trespassing, they'll shoot you. Yeah, there um, you go. See, so, we can be those guys. So we can be the park enforcers. You can be the guy yeah. on the sign, Jake. That can be your job. <laughs> <laughs> so most of this podcast has been kind of dominated by this ghost town talk. It's uh, so cool. Hell oh, yeah. Uh, more, this, the, this podcast is pure ghost. Dude, yeah, this is ghost yeah. town. So, more. Get this, the lake. I have so many oh, questions. The lake. <laughs> the freaking lake. Oh. There is a 
Oh my God. It's yeah, like, no, that's really cool. Okay. So <laughs> you'll see it from our photos up from the top, but there's this massive plain right at the bottom of the mountain range. And it's like, it's a valley. There's a big Sierra, the bottom of the Sierras on the other side, this mountain huge range dry right lake here. Bed. Yeah. And it's a huge dry lake bed or so we thought a mm. hundred mm. years ago, it was a huge lake and it had to have been gorgeous. He said it was like 70 feet at his oh, deepest. So like massive. gorgeous blue, deep blue lake, like crater lake blue. It was so big. It was like the like miners miles literally at the bottom of the hill in Keeler, there was a port and that's how they, they'd have to transport all the ore from the mine across these barges mm -hmm. to the other okay. side of the lake. And then the road to LA was about a two week road, you know, to get mm -hmm. to LA to take the ore down there. But this was like a major port, like in lake and like yeah. place where you it, could it was, have it was a recreation. huge lake. Yeah. And then like a hundred years ago or so, I forget the specific details, but various uh, damming of rivers and stuff. If you've seen the movie Chinatown, basically, yeah. there's all this uh, at, uh, allocation of water to L.A. basically through yeah. all these sketchy, sketchy deals, inside deals. And this lake yeah. in particular was one of the ones that was totally drained. Yeah. Huh. And all the water was diverted down. So now any rainwater from the Sierras gets immediately diverted down to us. Um, and yep. he was saying something about the mentality of the townspeople down there, how they're actually kind of happy about it. Like you'd think that, you know, so Brent's gone and talked to like the, the population of Keeler, which is the town is about 30 people. And then you have Lone Pine, which is a little bit more, which is yeah, like, like half, half an hour, hour away. away. Yeah. But they're all like, you know, um, People either go to the water or the water goes or they, they either take the water to the people or the people will come to the water mm. and they don't want like, you know, if the water had stayed at the lake, it would be a very different place. So this would be one of the biggest lakes in it, SoCal. It would probably be probably one of the biggest like, tourist attractions in the exactly, entire state. Exactly. Well, so I'm like looking at some of the footage of the town and I can see in that valley how there's a dry lake there. Yeah. 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 So. The crazy thing about that lake, though, is that once it dried up, it started getting very dusty. And you had all of this mm. dust getting up and going statewide. We're talking huge dust storms the size of literal states. Yeah. In mm -hmm. the Dust Bowl, you might know a little bit about. It was getting partly, blown right into L.A. too. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And so they realized that they have to kind of keep this whole valley wet, which is a problem because they drained all the water out of it. And so... <laughs> He was telling us about this. Apparently, there's a government project now that is entirely about wetting down the whole dry lake bed. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, sure, just, you know. But it, it, it gets very intense. They have basically every square inch of that entire valley is monitored. They have thousands and thousands of sprinklers uh, ready to go. It's all computer yeah. monitored. They have airplanes well, going over it twice a week to figure out which areas are dusty. Because you have to keep it at right yeah. the right level of of yeah. of moisture content. He was saying and it's like it's it's a billion dollars a year. Whoa. What? And we don't what? we've never heard of this. We've, we've never, never heard, yeah, of, this. No one's heard of this. There's a whole government department of dust management. Yeah. And There's we don't the even department know. of dust. You. It's yeah. a real thing. We're making jokes it's a like billion dollars a year. I gotta check your sediment particulate levels. A bit of a sense of the scale of of government expenditures. So yeah. when they ask you if they can have some more, just remember that. Well, yeah. okay. That's I mean, it's like saying. keep your political opinions out of this. That's not political. That's just like dust. Keep your political opinions out of this. Political. This is uh. This is like. It seems ridiculous, but that's the amount of money it requires to keep that entire valley under management. And if they and we never hear about it because it's not a problem. 
if they were not doing that, it would become a problem very oh, yeah. quickly. Mm -hmm. Apparently, the whole place would get dusty, and then it would just be nothing but haze for the entire southern half of California. That's yeah. crazy. Wow. And it'd be very, very unhealthy to breathe. Because it's not just dust. It's all like that freaking metallic dust you get yeah. out of the mountain there. Because it's a lot of just like mind runoff. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of like, right. I forgot what the actual oh, chemical cyanide. was. Oh, Yeah, yeah. Just a little cyanide. You know. Cyanide dust. Yeah. Well, if the cyanide water dust? hadn't have been diverted in yeah. the first place. Yeah. That would yeah, also... Man. It's uh, it's a tricky the situation. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know. I don't know how to. Yeah, because like I, I saw back. one photo that had the entire like from the top of the mountain that had the entire lake filled, and it was just a perfect reflection of the mountain range on the other Beautiful. side of the lake. Wow, it was the most incredible photo. Because that that small range of mountains right there, at the bottom of the Sierras, is already just incredible it's, to it's look amazing. at. It's amazing. Yeah, it would have mm -hmm. been. This would have been a major like resort town now. Mm -hmm. Like you know where rich people would have their boats and sure. you know hmm. there'd be spas and stuff so like the townspeople are quite glad it's not that i think they've kind of like accepted this but i mean same time old enough to remember the lake but well they, yeah they, yeah they but only still know they know. like i think you know, i remember the lake i remember the great so, lake but um, this is the most engineered yeah, piece was, of land it was right? the most engineered piece of land in the entire country that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like by a huge margin, <laughs> apparently. So we're starting to like get to the end of this podcast here. So before we go, there's one last thing I kind of want to talk about. And it's the biggest reason why I want to go back to Cerro Gordo, which is the name of this mining town. The one wheel GT was announced last mm -hmm. week <laughs> and it is a more powerful one wheel. We have yet to know how it's going to ride. People are really worried about the pushback on it. It's like limited to 20 miles an hour, but it's a self-balancing thing. You can push past it. So one of the things they have is it'll like lean back on you. Anyway, but outside of that, it has a lot more torque, a lot more power. So I think it, it can actually go up some of those roads that the XR, mm -hmm. and I've got a pretty over-modified XR one-wheel, uh, you know, 25, 30 miles of range, the off-road or the aftermarket uh, bumpers and rails and tire. It, could, it handled that stuff fairly well, but there were a few points where it was a little too steep, and I really want to get the one-wheel GT up there and test it on that on those hills. If yeah. it can do those hills, it's a good yeah. one wheel. <laughs> so that's the real. I'm, I'm very. Test. I'm. I'm very excited to get the one wheel GT, and I'm very excited to eventually go back. Because if I do, I'm definitely bringing it with me. I almost bought one. Then I like. I realized. Look, I already got the treaded tire. I already yeah. have the concave foot pads. Yep. I already have the extended battery. The power would be wonderful. If the power is better, I'm in 100. Yeah. percent But that's like. I got to determine. I got away. Yeah. yeah. No, and that's and that's totally fair. A lot of people who have the same setup that we do are doing the same thing. Uh, and it's like it basically is like, you know, the one wheel XR came out almost three years ago. It was announced like over two and a half years so. ago. And in that time, the the like third party manufacturers have gone and released all the accessories you could possibly have to basically replace all the main components of the one wheel with the exception of the controller and the motor. The battery's been replaced. The framework has been replaced. Yeah. The the plastic bumpers have been replaced. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, so you have the Pint XR. Right? Yeah, I, I have the Pint X. Pint X. Pint X, which is literally just a <clears throat> pint with different bumpers on it to give it a little bit more volume in the in the in the battery compartment, so that they can actually put a one wheel XR battery inside of it. Gotcha. I, I originally they they had this whole announcement last week talking so, about how they had the it's a performance of the XR, right? Yes, including like the the torque, the power, the speed. More torque, technically, because it's a 
smaller diameter tire. Mm. So just the mechanical advantage of a shorter radius, mm. with the same amount of force. What would you say mm. your pros and cons are right now on the Pint X? Okay, so pros and cons of the Pint X. Uh, starting off with a con, I'm not a big fan of the Pint profile. It's a smaller one wheel. It's a little bit more squirrely. Uh, the foot pads are flat. It's a little bit more susceptible to uh, hitting random bumps and throwing you. But it is also very maneuverable. It's it's a perfect pint for like riding around in our studio, for instance. It's very nimble. Uh, the biggest thing I didn't like about the original pint was that it didn't have a very high top speed. Like the top speed was like 15 miles an hour. So you would hit pushback at like 12, 13 miles an hour. And pushback mm -hmm. is where it's like you hit a certain speed and then it just kind of orients the board backwards like this. So the nose is pointing straight up. And Not straight up. Not, not straight up, you're right. At an angle. It's pointing upwards at an angle. Not straight up. I don't know why I said perfectly balances. <laughs> uh, and Your that's to... just sideways. <laughs> yeah, and so that's to, like, you know, notify you that you're hitting the top speed of the board. Don't go past this, because you can push through it. You can continue to lean forward, and the board will level back out again. But now you're at a point where you're in danger zone. If you lean forward, it's just going to nosedive on you. And... You know, future motions, they've got like lawsuits and stuff from people not noticing pushback. And so they're having to engineer all these extra safety precautions. So there's a whole, that's a whole other thing about like the right to repair and them just getting sued. And it's a bunch of stuff. Anyway, that's why I didn't like the pint is because you would get to a decent cruising speed of just like, you know, 14, 15 miles an hour going down the street. But your nose would be up in the air. You feel like Captain Morgan with your knee up just cruising along. It's not, it's very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. uh, but the Pint X, with the higher power, they have it has a higher top speed of 18 miles an hour. So you don't get pushback until around 17 miles an hour. So you can be cruising at 15 without ever getting pushback. So it's already way better than the original Pint. It goes two to three times further. It goes faster. It's way more comfortable. But I would prefer the XR one wheel over the Pint X because it's a bigger tire, bigger board to stand yeah. on. It feels more stable. Mm -hmm. Um but they did send it to me for free, so I cannot complain. <laughs> that was a really good review. That was yeah. a really good review. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I find myself, for the longest time, I had like one one wheel, and it was my favorite thing. And then I got the XR, and so was, I never used the, one, the first one wheel again. And now, in less than a year, I'm very quickly finding myself with numerous one wheels. And it's the best <laughs> yeah. thing ever. We need to build a proper one wheel parking rack in our oh, studio. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, uh, I had an excellent idea over the weekend for a project that is an automatic storing stand and charging station for a one wheel. You pull up to it, it's this framework that you basically, uh, it's either firm enough on the ground, you pull up to it and you like kind of skid stop into it and it automatically detects it and these, detects that it got hit and so these hooks pull up from the, the underside of the, the handle Whoa. pulls it up against the wall and then this robotic arm with the charge port on it sticks in it uh, and charges it and then you just hit a button and it pulls out and lowers it down and you can get on it and right away Hell yeah, I want to make this yeah, I, I, I gave a lot of stuff to this over the weekend I feel like you and Natalie would be all over this yeah. uh, the only thing that, would, that concerns me would be the, uh, the getting the charge port aligned properly with the uh, it's tough one. Well, it takes some force and Jimmy to get it in there. Also, I was thinking you might need like a little bit of a camera with some like computer vision have stuff a to guide it. If you have a different one wheel, like if you have the XR, yeah, versus true. It would it would be very much so a, a one wheel model you're gonna have to, specific. You're going to have to design. accommodate for that based on like weight 
I think that's a great idea, but sooner than that, we could just at least get a nice rack with like a lot of chargers. So we could kind of like, than that. like <laughs> well, you know, I've, I've been around a lot of projects in this part, so you know, it, it takes a while. So something that's kind of like, I've been around a lot of projects. So yeah, yeah. Here, let's do this, Ren. Let's the wait until um, on this. let's wait until we get one of those brand integrations from like a Google. Uh, you know where it's like I don't know how we're gonna make this work with it with it with a video and then we'll just it'll just be like some random sponsor and they'll sponsor the the whole build dude yes Let's do it yeah like I'm, I'm super down like they're like hey we like your channel we want to give you money to promote our thing but we don't care what you do and it's like oh uh, open the box what did I do oh that one wheel automatic charging stand <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've been giving it a lot of thought. Span. Like you'd want to like basically uh, CNC or laser cut a bunch of like thin aluminum panels that Whoa. you would design specifically to be bent into place uh, for the framework and stuff hmm. like that. And do you think we should get a CNC cutter though? Yes. Just, just to have one. We've been I, wanting I one for a while. Which yeah, which number do you guys think is bigger? The amount of one wheels sold or the amount of subscribers? The quarter crew channel. Oh, quarter crew channel. <laughs> I know how many one wheels have been sold. How many? It's, I mean, it's a few hundred thousand. Huh? I don't know if you can say that. You might affect the markets. I did, oh, they're I, not publicly traded. Never mind. Yeah, and I did not hear any of this from Future Motion, so. Oh, okay. So it's fine. Well, there you <laughs> go. No, Future Motion crew is pretty pretty tight lipped about stuff that they're supposed to be tight lipped about. I've tried. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like for instance. I received the Pint X like 30 minutes before the actual announcement video dropped, but I had no idea what it was going to be. I was asked on mm. Sunday, like, hey, what's a good mailing address for something to arrive on Wednesday? I was like, oh, cool. Like, are they going to send me like an accessory or something? And then the next day they announced that they're going to announce something. And that's when I was like, <gasps> what's it going to be? What's it going to be? Yeah. So I had no idea. So they announced two one wheels. The GT is not out yet. It's going to be shipping in January. Uh, they told me that they will send me one. So... <laughs> I will wow. be getting a GT, and I'm incredibly Ooh. excited about that. Okay, well, we can all test them out yes. before mm -hmm. we make yes. uh, crippling financial decisions. <laughs> crippling? <laughs> liberating. 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 Yeah. 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 The word you're looking for is liberating. Liberating the money from the wallet, yes. Yeah. I'm glad you're sending me one because I was absolutely going to buy one. Like, the moment I saw the GT, I was like, I'm well, getting that. I'm like, going to oh, buy it. He's going to buy one. Well, take the yeah. Well, uh, hopefully they don't watch this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. I guess uh, cool. you, you got to go, Nick. It's uh, six oh five. Yeah. We should probably. Right, yeah. Six oh five. Some good ghost stories going on. That was though. exciting. Yeah. I, it was. It was something I really was anticipating. Asking you guys. <laughs> Matt was here to was, listen to the story. Yeah. <laughs> I was just here yeah. to listen. <laughs> Basically, like all of you listening right now, <laughs> no. contributed nothing. But damn, was it fun! Look, if, if, if you, you were looking, you were a great listener today, Matt, and I really yeah, appreciate the ramen jacket. I got yeah, a gold star you. and a nice ramen jacket. If you guys are looking to uh, have a an adventure through YouTube, check out Ghost Town Living though. Ghost it's, Town it's Living, a really yeah, fun highly channel. recommend it. Yeah, he's got a lot. Of, if you want to watch like a long video, he's got a lot of those. They're all like an hour long. Yep. Oh, and uh, so our video collabing with him does yep. come out on November 21st. So that's in like two or three weeks from here. Happy yes. birthday. Is it really? Mm -hmm. oh, woo. Happy birthday, Nico. Nico. It's not my birthday yet. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that sacrilege? <laughs> I, Save yeah. it. Yeah, it won't Save come true. true. It won't come true. <laughs> his birthday wishes won't come true. If you wish him birthday. happy birthday before his birthday, dude. Yeah. Come on, everybody knows that. Yeah. Happy, happy birthday, Nico. <laughs> 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 
Dude, you're gonna walk in tomorrow like older. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. You guys blew my birthday up. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just know I'm older now. All right, Jake, you want to play us out? Oh yeah. Give us a right, spooky this is a, song. This yeah, is give a us a real spooky song I wrote. I heard one note. Oh, here. Sorry. Hold on. <laughs> Watch the Doing sound suppression again. No pressure. Spooky. That's spooky. That's yeah. pretty spooky. We're walking down an abandoned mine. Oh right yeah. Now. The bats. Lots We're squeaking. Of lots Dude, of spooky holes. Bat. Yeah. Chris 3D, uh, 3D scanned the bat. Oh nice. I'm pretty sure he's. I don't know. I don't think anyone else has ever 3D scanned a bat before. That's sick. Another record broken. <laughs> More records. How deep does that hole go? I guess we'll find out. <laughs> How deep does that spooky hole go? Because three, two, one. Ah!